You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Romans chapter number four is where we're going to minister out of today. We're going to get to it in just a minute. Um, Just been uh, contemplating over the last few weeks where we're going next, and I keep... um, uh, so probably going to do, be, do a Sunday morning series again for a little bit. And I'm going to call it The Faith of My Father. The Faith of My Father. And so we're going to look at Abraham's faith, our father in the faith. And of course, when I talk about the faith of our father, you take it all the way up to God. Because God is uh, our father and he is a God of faith. Amen. And how many of you, do you got any righteous people in the room? You got a just people in the room. You and I are to be living by faith. In this hour that we live in, uh, you know, the Lord told me a long time ago when I started the church, don't teach them to have faith projects. Teach them to live by faith. Amen. Are, are you the just? And we're living by faith. Now listen, this is not old. This is new. What I mean by that is there's fresh manna to be had. Uh, we're not living on yesterday's bread or yesterday's revelation. In order to really live by faith, how many know every day your natural body, you need fresh food, fresh bread, or for my case, fresh lean meat and vegetables and a fruit here and there. Hallelujah. Um, so uh, I'm not living by natural bread, just, re- just heavenly bread. Amen. I'm telling you that God has got some things for you. Anytime you find, think you know something, there's always more to learn. There's more revelation to be had. And so when I look at Romans chapter 4, we're going to look at that in a minute. But I want to start with a, a scripture in Hebrews chapter number 5. Hebrews chapter number 5. And so uh, if they don't catch up with me on the notes, I told them not to get my notes because I really didn't know where I was going, even though I really did know where I was going. It's just not all written down. So Hebrews chapter 5, leading into the foundational doctrines. Hebrews chapter 5, leading into the foundational doctrines. You can keep your finger in uh, Romans 4 because that really is eventually uh, sometime in the near future. Um, We're going to get there, I'm sure of it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse number um, 13. 13 says, For everyone that uses milk, what is milk? Milk is for a baby. How many of you know milk is necessary for a baby? And when you and I get born again, we are maybe what the Bible calls baby Christians. I know when I was born again, and I say this uh, amusingly, but it really was the truth, I knew that Noah had a boat, and I I, I didn't know much else about the Scripture. I just really didn't. Uh, They taught me the best they knew, but I didn't really know much doctrine. I knew some stories of the Bible, and I knew God was mad at me, and I'm glad I unlearned that. And so so when I came into the Word of God, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and started being interested in the Word of God, I was a baby. You were a baby. Some of you in this room, if you just started last week, then you are a baby. And so what does that mean? You need the milk of the Word of God. God is amazing to me how in our services, He serves milk, bread, and meat all at the same time. And sometimes uh, the Bible talks about even the Word of God is like honeycomb. So, so you get a four square. It's like Dairy Queen. You get a full meal deal. Hallelujah. He'll give you some milk, some bread, some meat, and He'll give you some honeycomb on top of it. And, and that's just the way the Word of God is. It, 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 it works for everybody. But the Bible says, and I want to give you, I want to give you some meat today, and I want to show you this though. For everyone that is in, uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Everybody say, I'm growing. 
I'm t- we're growing up, right? For he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised both good and evil. So the Bible says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in what? The word of righteousness. So that tells me as a baby, one of the things I've got to know about is righteousness. If I want to grow up and I don't want to stay a baby, then righteousness has to be one of my key studies in the word of God. Because if I'm a baby, I'm unskillful in the word of righteousness. Not just talking about the word of God. It's talking about something specific. And so as I've been studying this and meditating this, and I had a, uh, we were in, like I said, champagne. So I got, uh, 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 I've got Keith Moore in one ear, and I got the Holy Ghost in this ear. And, and then on the way home, and I'm getting ready, the Lord is really dealing with me some things. And really, he began to tell me, you don't know everything you think you know about righteousness. And so since I don't know, I know I haven't shared. Now, we have, we have Bible Institute, and we have a, 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 a young lady that teaches in there. Her name is Raquel, and uh, she has given herself to the study of righteousness. And the Lord even uh, prompted me to call her last night, because even in some things of the way I was thinking, I needed to run. The, the pupil has become the teacher. Hallelujah. And, and so she, uh, she helped me out with some things. And then I woke up this morning with a fresh revelation about some things. And I don't really teach fresh revelation uh, until I prove it out a little bit, but I know this one, what I've got is right because I've been teaching on righteousness for 25 to 30 years, but I've never taught the fullness of it. And so righteousness, when you hear the word righteousness, you hear right standing with God. And that's correct. But it is way more than that. Righteousness is part of God's character. He, Jesus, he is righteous. God the Father is known as the righteous judge. Righteousness is also conduct. Now, a lot of people, they get messed up and they're thinking, they think, well, um, I have to act righteous to be righteous. That's old covenant and backwards. Today, you have to be righteous so you can act righteous. But righteousness is right standing with God. But righteousness is part of who God is. Jesus is righteous. I know you know that. And so Revelation, we're going to let this sink in a little bit to you. Because and you, we're going to look in Romans chapter 4. And in Romans chapter 4, it begins in righteousness and ends in righteousness. And me teaching on that uh, chapter for 20 uh, some odd years, I've taught it as a, a chapter on faith. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's a chapter on righteousness that you get by faith. And we're still going to talk about it because that's where I do my main teaching off of. I'm still going to do it. Abraham, the father of our faith. But he spoke to me very clearly and he said that that chapter in Romans 4, which we're going to look at, is not a chapter on faith. Everything is about faith, but it's about righteousness that you receive by faith. With how Abraham believed for Isaac as an example of faith. Righteousness is so important that you got to understand this. Because how many of you know Jesus, the Son of God, was righteous? God is righteous. It's a part of his character. It's where he judges things from. It's where he acts 
from. He is righteous. So right standing is a good definition of righteousness, but it's a partial definition of righteousness. You're more than in just right standing. You've been made righteous. You And from that righteous place, you can begin to act a certain way that you were never able to act before on your own, except that you put it on. Now you don't have to put it on. It's who you are. Now this is important because I want you to see something. You may have not thought about this, but Adam was righteous. He was created in the likeness and the image of God. Everything that God had, he downloaded into Adam. How do I know Adam was righteous? Because one of the characteristics that's in a little book that somebody wrote called No Longer Shackled, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, is that when you're righteous, you rule and reign. One of the aspects that I know that you and I have a revelation of righteousness is we'll begin to reign in this life like kings. Adam was told to replenish the earth. He was told to subdue it and literally told to reign over it. Now what happened to Adam? Well, we all know that Adam sinned. Eve sinned. Adam sinned. And what happened? They lost their divine nature. They became sinners. By acts of disobedience and submitting to the devil, they became sinners. How do I know? Ephesians tells us that we had a fallen nature. And we're going to look into this, but I want you to understand. So when, so when this happened, uh, this is my preview. So when Adam happened, everybody that came after him was a what? A sinner. Why? It was the nature of humanity because of the father of humanity, Adam. If he had never sinned, righteousness would have remained part of our DNA. We would, we were, Adam was made righteous. He was made holy. He was made in the likeness and the image of God. But he fell. And he took on the nature of sin... And became a sinner. All have sinned. Talk about the rest of humanity. The Bible says, is there any righteous? No, not one. Now see, in the New, that's in the New Testament. But that's not true about a New Testament believer. But it is true about humanity. Is there any righteous? No, not one. No, not one. Then what happens? Well, you know, thousands of years pass. Jesus is prophesied about and he's coming. Who's coming? Well, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Who's coming? The righteous one. All God, all man. When he comes, the righteous king still has the... the, And what happens is, and we're going to look at it, is then there was a great exchange. Jesus, he who knew no sin, became unrighteousness. And you and I who knew nothing but unrighteousness became righteous. And why is this so important? Because let's look at Romans chapter 4. And I'm going to try to get this to you the best way I know how. And this is what I know. I know it's important. This, you getting this, is important for your faith to work. You getting this is important for you to be able to rule and reign and walk in the dominion that God has given you. 
You getting this is important because then you know your prayers will be answered. You getting this means you'll walk free from sin and you'll be able to walk in that righteous place that God has called you to. A revelation of righteousness is critical, even it's always been critical, but I believe it's more critical now than ever. Because one of the things that's happening in the church is that it really is going back to, they're trying to convince us that we're nobody and, we, and, and that sometimes God will answer you and sometimes he won't. Sometimes your faith will work and sometimes you just never know. You just never know. Well, the truth of the matter is we always know because of what the Word of God says. And a lot of your faith not working is not knowing who you are. I said it when I was in Champaign. I'm going to say it again. There is an identity crisis in the body of Christ right now. There's an identity crisis in the body of Christ. That's why the Lord is pushing the in Him realities again. Because we need to get back to knowing who we really are. Because until you know who you really are, you don't know how to act. In other words, if you're part of my family, you're going to act a certain way out in public. Because we don't act that way. We don't talk that way. We don't do that. Even greater still, as a Christian, as a Christ-like one, when you really know who you are, and part of knowing who you are is, is, is being able to explain and understand what righteousness means to you. It's not just something that we casually confess, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means when you say it? Do you know what position that puts you in? You see, I don't think we do. And that's why I pray the eyes of my understanding and your understanding would be enlightened. Because when we get a full revelation or a continued revelation of our righteousness, it'll change how you talk. It'll change how you walk. It'll change how you rule and reign. It'll change how you pray. It'll change your dominion. It'll change everything about you. Because righteousness is not something God does. It's something God is. Jesus is the righteous king. And that righteousness, he came and exchanged it for our unrighteousness, which was sin. And so here in Romans chapter 4, um, verse number 1. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3. For what, what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Before we go there, hold your finger or hold your phone. How do, how do you hold your finger on your phone? I don't know how you do that. Genesis chapter um, 15. Let's look at the original in Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. Remember, um, Abram had a vision. The, the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And he said, fear not, I'm, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. And then after he came, the first thing Abraham began to talk to him about was an heir. 
And remember, because he was like, you know, I got this guy, Eleazar, I really like him, but he's not mine. And uh, uh, you've given me no seed. There's no heir born in my house. Uh, um, Verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this shall not be your heir. But he that comes forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him abroad and he said, now look, the Lord is good this way. He'll show us something in the natural to to say what he's saying to us in the spirit. Now look toward heaven and, and tell the stars if you'll be able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your seed be. So, so God is coming to Abram in a vision and Abram, when he's talking to God and he's saying, I don't got, I don't have an heir. I got this guy, Eliezer. I really like him and he's cool, but he's not my, he's not mine. And then the Lord said, well, that's not going to be your heir. I'm going to give you one out of your own, out of your own body, out of your own bowels. And he said, I'm going to prove it to you. And I want you to look up and try to count the stars. And that's the number of your heirs. And then the most important thing that happened, because listen, this is um, Old Testament, but I want you to get this, and it's really big on my heart. Uh, The grace and the goodness and the mercy of God offers things, but then there's always a human side to things. Even the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, it has not changed. God and His grace and His mercy and His goodness offers But there's an element that we're never going to get away from. Faith is not a movement. It's a lifestyle. Faith is not a movement. It's a lifestyle. Because the just shall live by faith. That's a lifestyle. And so if you don't live by this lifestyle, you're not going to be able to get and receive the things that God has for you. And then I love this. I love exactly what it says here out of the King James. And it says, he, Abraham, did what? He believed. Everybody say, he believed. He believed in the Lord. He didn't just believe what the Lord said. He believed in him. Ah, it's a little bigger than that. It's not just, that's like the apostle Paul saying, I know in whom I have believed. I know, see, a lot of times when people are walking by faith, they believe in something, they believe something somebody preached, and yes, it's the word of God. But in order for faith to really work, you got to take it to someone. You got to take it to the mouth of someone. You got to take it to the heart of someone. And right there, it didn't say he believed in what God said, because the Bible is always accurate. It could have said that. It said he believed in him. He believed in him. Do you believe in him? Do you have confidence in him? Do you believe he's trustworthy? Do you believe he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end? Do you believe he's the Almighty God? Do you believe that he was and he is and he always has been? Do you believe in him? Do you believe in him? Paul said, I was persuaded. And I believe that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. Why? I believe in him. I believe in him. We're raising a generation that is polyparent. They believe in, in the God of someone else. They believe in the God that someone else, he did it for Brother Hagin, so he'll do it for me. No, you got to know him for yourself. you got to know him for yourself. you got to know him for yourself. That's why this generation is going another way, because we failed to get him, get them to him. To him. To him. 
I believe in him. I believe in you, God. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe you're the almighty God. I believe you're the Jehovah. I believe you're the one. I believe that before I was, you were. I believe in you. I believe in you. I don't just, because then when I believe in you, I can believe everything you say. I don't have to be talked into it because I know you. Because I know you. I am raising a generation to know him. To know him. You can't make him known until you know him. I don't know about him, I know him. Abraham had, well, yeah, he's there in a vision. Yeah, but even as a vision, he could have said, well, I don't really, you know. Even Saul, who are you, Lord? I don't know you. I don't know you. Who are you? I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. Oh, that changes things. And from that place, he believed in Jesus, but he didn't know him. Who are you? He appeared. Who are you? Abraham, when God appeared, I don't know you, but he believed in him. He believed in the Lord. And after he believed in the Lord, before there was a boy named Isaac, before there was a mess up, mess up named Ishmael, before there was a cutting of a covenant, this is about to happen, before there was circumcision as an outward sign of righteousness, <laughs> it was counted. You see, this word really was messing with me. Counted. Because I've preached on it before and I understood it a little bit. And then I called Raquel because I, like, I was messing with it. And I was kind of going a little bit in the wrong direction. And the Holy Ghost, he really did. He said, call Raquel. So I called Raquel. And so she was nervous as crazy. And she was like, what in the world is hearts marked? Don't call nobody. What's he calling about? And then she said it to me like this. And then it, the bells and the whistles went off. She said, Pastor, it's an accounting term. I know accounting. That's why the, because that's what she said. So the word credited that you're going to see in Romans 4, but it's, you know, it's the same thing here. Why is this important? And it, and it was counted to him for righteousness. It's like having a ledger. And debits in this case are bad and credits are good. Because Adam had fallen into sin, it was debited, downloaded into every man the way, sin, and the wages of sin is death. That was on our account. And Jesus had not yet come. And so Abraham could not be made righteous. But he needed this righteous position... And when he just flat believed in God, it was credited to him. So he's got this ledger that's full of debt. And now suddenly, because he just, in the old covenant, chose to believe in a living God who made him a promise, but he said I, he believed in God. Suddenly a credit that 
offsets the debit has come into his account. And so Romans chapter 4 then goes on to explain why it happened and what happened because Romans, the epistles, is the behind the scene. And if anybody ever tells you the old covenant is irrelevant, then so much of the new, because if it was irrelevant, then the Holy Ghost shouldn't have went back and pulled anything from the old. And while I'm saying this, let me just throw this out because it's, it's trying to resurge. If you think you can go back and practice the law and fulfill the law, that is one of the biggest slaps in the face to Jesus, the risen Savior there ever has been. If you think now that you've got to go back and do the law and fulfill the law, that is like slapping the risen Savior right across the faith and and doing despite to the Spirit of grace. Because you're saying what you've done, Jesus, is not good enough. I've still got to work this out. I've still got to do something. And you don't. Because even in the old covenant... The keeping of the law was to show there was a need of a Savior. And it wasn't going to produce miracles. The laws never produced a miracle. The law couldn't produce Isaac. Only faith could produce Isaac. But faith had to come from a righteous place. Where Abraham's ledger was full because of Adam of sin and debt that he could not pay. But the moment he said, I believe in you, the living God, a credit came to his account that got rid of the debit. And and then, so Romans chapter 4 is not um, a, a scripture, a, a, a chapter, and there's plenty of chapters that teach on faith, but this chapter is showing us how to be righteous by faith. How to be righteous by faith. And so, so you see that there. And then it says, for what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, verse 3. It was counted unto him for righteousness. It was accredited to his account. So here, this word is logizoma. I don't know. L-O-G-I-Z. It's like, looks like to me like an arithmetic thing. Logizomai. It's a bookkeeping account term that means to post to the account of. To credit to the account of, to put to the account of. So it says here, Abraham believed God. And I'll show you that he didn't just believe what God said. He believed in God. He believed in God the person. And then what happened? Then righteousness, which is more than right standing. It's more than right standing. It's the place that God judges from. It's the place that God lives from. It's who he is. He's righteous. It's about his character. It's part of his makeup. You can't operate in God's character and makeup by the keeping of rules and regs. Anyone who is not born again, has no potential to do right, to live right, to be right in God's eyes. Oh, you can be moral. You can be a good person, but you can't, you're not just, and you're not justified, and there's no way then you can move on and be holy and sanctified, because that all comes from a nature, God's nature, that left Adam... 
and everybody after him. And so now suddenly, Abraham just, i got to hurry, believed God. This is a good intro. Believed God, hallelujah, and it was credited to him. It was imputed to him. God went into his ledger and credited righteousness, which did away with sin. And therefore, he was able to do... But, but this is about Abraham receiving his righteousness. Now, to him that works the reward not reckoned by grace, but by debt. But to him that works not, but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describes the blessedness of a man. So here, David also had a revelation of it. Unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. Everybody say, without works. Even the Holy Ghost came. Listen to me. In John chapter 16, there's three things the Holy Ghost came to do to an unbeliever. Reprove the world of sin. Why? Because you can't get to heaven and let... There's one sin that the, the Lord is interested in with a sinner. That's the rejection of Jesus. He's not, he don't care about none of the rest of them. Now, as a Christian, he cares about them all. But that, the sinner, he cares about one, rejecting Jesus. About righteousness, it says. Why? Because your righteousness is not going to cut it. He came to show, the Holy Ghost comes to show you that your righteousness and my righteousness are as filthy rags, and it's not going to get you into heaven. You have to have the righteousness that comes by faith and not by works and believing in a risen Savior who became sin so that you could become righteous of sin and of judgment because the prince of this world's already been judged all right so righteousness so david is going along and saying this and david also describes the blessed of man unto whom god imputes righteousness without works saying blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven are you forgiven whose sins are covered. Now, that, that amp, the King James just barely goes into it, but the, the Amplified brings out covered, removed, and buried. Come on, everybody say, my sins are covered, removed, and buried. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute. Uh, he'll not impute sin. So after you've been righteous, sin is no longer imputed into you. It was imputed into you who were not born again and you had a fallen nature because of Adam's sin. And I want to show you that this chapter is about you and I receiving our righteousness by faith. Why is it important? I, I hopefully I'll get to it in the next 10 minutes. I'm telling you that you have to have a revelation of righteousness in order to walk by faith, in order to rule and reign, in order to get your prayers answered on a consistent basis, in, in order to stay free of sin. Righteousness is a key. Y'all say, oh, I'm excited. I, I don't know if you're excited. I'm really excited. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says this, he therefore that ministers to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? By the what? By the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God. So he's relating. Listen to me. You're not going to work for your healing. You're not going to work for your miracle. Listen to me. You're not going to work for your prosperity. You're not going to work for your peace. You're not going to work for your joy. You're not going to work. You're not going to work. You're not going to work. You keeping the law or even the religion of the New Testament, the traditions amendments make the word of God of no effect. You and I have to come to a place where we realize that Jesus has done it all. Jesus has finished the work and you're not 
trying to take something from God because righteousness has been given to you and you're only not only in right standing, but you're in a right position to receive everything that Jesus has already done for you. You're righteous. Abraham had to have it. He, it was imputed unto him. And so it's, say, it's saying here again, it, you can't receive miracles and the things of the Spirit by um, the law. It's by the hearing of faith, by the Word of God, what Jesus has already done. And again it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now let's go, let's go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 22. Again, it says, and therefore, see, righteousness is the beginning. There's a whole lot of meat in the middle, but I'm going I'm to get to the, we're having just a meat sandwich today, no bread. And so um, it's got a steak on one side. It's got, um, uh, it's got some pork in the middle. Got a, you know, to be healthy, we've got a chicken breast. And then on the other side, we're going to put pork and then we're going to put steak. And we just might be able to eat it with two slices of cheese. All right, so, um, so right here, then... So we got that, and then at the end it says, and therefore, verse 22, it was imputed to him. It's talking about how Abraham believed God for Isaac, him and Sarah. And it says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it's not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised up again for our justification, another way of saying righteousness. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified, how? Being made righteous, how? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So concerning you, anybody ever read Romans 10, 9, and 10? Is that how you got born again? Most of you, let's look at it, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I mean, actually at verse, chapter 10, verse 1, it begins to talk about righteousness again. I don't have time to go about it. But they, uh, they, they, weren't, they, weren't, they were trying to go about establishing their own righteousness. Everybody's trying to... Want the re, all false religions today are established out of false righteousness trying to do something to get to a God they do not know. Have no personal relationship. How can they? Because it's a false God. But false religion comes out of doing to appease. We're not of those. We have someone who is righteous that came to rescue that came to exchange. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteous of God in Christ. We'll get there. Hallelujah. So all 10, 1 through 8 is really talking about righteousness. Don't bring the Lord down. Don't bring him up. He's already done it. Verse 8, what saith thee? The word of night is even in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So what do you got to do? You got to confess with your, you got to confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, the center of you, that God has done what? 
raised him from the dead, and you'll be what? Saved. For with the heart man believes unto what? When you believe, you didn't know it, we don't do this. When someone comes up and they're getting born again, we have them say what the word says. They believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth that the Lord Jesus has been raised from the dead. But really what they don't do and what we don't tell them they're doing is that at that point, they're believing in someone just like Abraham did. And when, when Abraham believed in someone, it was imputed. It was credited to their, his account that the righteousness then removed all the debt. Now that's old covenant and that's wonderful. And ours does that, but it goes beyond that. Because the, what the Bible says, when you believe that, in verse number 10, it says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. You, you say, well, yeah, I'm believing and now I'm in right standing with God. It's more than that. It's a restoration to the divine character and the nature of God and all that righteousness is, is come to abide in you. Just like Jesus, when, when you believe that righteousness, I know some of you are looking, yeah, I know this, but you're going to know it better. You're going to know it better because it has everything to do with you walking by faith. It has everything to do with you getting your prayers answered. It has everything to do with you ruling and reigning in this life. When you, when you really understand righteousness, you won't go around saying stupid stuff like, I'm a sinner. Listen, I get it when people say that because they, they've been trained. The God of this world has gotten into the church and trained us to stay there. I can't keep you out of heaven, but I can sure keep... This is what the devil's thinking. I can sure keep heaven out of your life. I can't keep you from going there now, but if I can get you religious and get you thinking you're humble, saying, oh, I'm just a sinner. What are you saying when you're saying I'm a sinner? You're saying I'm unrighteous. I'm unrighteous. You might as well say I'm unrighteous. I'm unrighteous. I'm unrighteous. Again... Again, if, and you know what? We've all been there sometime. We've all been there when we didn't know what the truth of the word was because sometimes we only know what we've been taught. And, and most people think it's humble today to say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace. But honey, you know sinner no more. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do honor to the one who took your place. And even if you don't understand it, call yourself what he calls you. Even if you don't get it. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I sin. Well, guess what? Um, I, I hate to say join the club, but you know what? You know? I'll, I'll get to it. Oh, Jesus. We're going to have to go till 11. Hallelujah. We'll just bring their next group in and I'll start over. Hallelujah. Um, I want you to look at Romans chapter 117 now, the Amplified Classic. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith, the gospel of righteousness of God is revealed, righteousness is revealed to you, both springing from faith, <laughs> ah, what happens is, what happened was, I believe God, and righteousness was accredited to me. He came into my ledger 
and he, re- and, and he didn't just balance this one out. He removed it. He went in and it's like, sin, penalty, debt, all that you owe, guilt, shame, removed it. And now I've got a credit in my account. It was accredited to Abraham for righteousness and he believed God. But you see, I, I don't have a zero balance. I don't live in the old covenant. I don't got a zero balance. I've got an ever-living, everlasting credit in my account. That Jesus went into the bank of my heart and he put there. And I can draw on that credit by faith with the words of my mouth. It's in there already. I'm not trying to talk him into it. I'm not trying to talk him into my salvation. I'm not trying to talk him into my healing. I'm not trying to talk him into my prosperity. I'm not trying to talk him into my peace. I've got a credit in my account. And all i got to do is by faith open my mouth and say what he says about it and make a withdrawal. Because I've already had faith. I believed that he was raised from the dead. I believed in him, the living Savior. For the gospel of righteousness... I could just talk in tongues like crazy right now. For if, if the gospel... For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. It discloses in a way that awakens my faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and the upright shall live by faith. When I know that I'm righteous, this is my point today right here. This is, where I, this is my point right here. If I know that I'm righteous, I got there by faith, but then it awakens my faith to everything that is mine by faith. Because I got a credit in my account. I've got a deposit in my account. Jesus took my sin. He became my sin. Uh, he who knew no sin became my sin. And now I've got a credit in my account. I, I'm not just trying to act righteous. I am righteous. I, I, I'm not hiding under Jesus when I go into the throne room because I can go because I'm a son and, a, and you're a daughter and a son and a daughter and you've been made righteous and you have access. By faith into the grace wherein we now stand. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are holy. You are righteous. Chapter 4 is in, in Romans is about you and I making sure that we obtain our righteousness by faith. Not of works. Let us not go back. Let us not go back and trying to pry something out of the hands of God. Jesus has completed everything that he needs to complete. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's raised you up together to sit him with him in heavenly places. He's righteous and he made you righteous. You are able. He has made you able to be a partaker of his divine nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, well, that's all good, Pastor Mark, but sometimes I don't feel righteous and I do mess up. Well, let's go to a scripture that's often, and now I understand why the Lord um, had dealt with me about this. 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, 
end of chapter 2, why he told me, why he kept bringing this to me when I was dealing with somebody. Actually, it was in Chile. They were kind of going off another direction. He kept bringing them back to this. Because this doesn't just have to do with sin. There's a message today that means to do well that not only takes you away, uh, it's on the outside, it makes you feel good. You know what? God don't care what you do, just do it. It's grace, you're covered. But an extreme of that will take you away from righteousness, which eventually will take you away from faith. An extreme of that will take you away from righteousness. Because watch this. You all know this scripture, and I'll give it to you. You can all do some twinkly, twinkly behind me. There you go. Go ahead. Hallelujah. I know it's time. Go, 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 go. Verse 7, chapter 1. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's vertical. That's not talking horizontal. I have fellowship with Jesus. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all what? Sin or unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Truth is not in us. If we confess our sin. So if you sin as a born-again believer and you know you sin then you have to confess. I had someone argue with me and says, it says confess, not repent. Well, I don't, give me a break. Confess, repent, you gotta get over it. Repent, you don't, you, you can, it, repentance doesn't just mean I'm sorry. Repentance means change of heart, right? He said, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, truth not is. If we confess or, confess or sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And what? And to cleanse us, there's no mistaken words in the Bible. And cleanse us from what? Why? What, what does sin, listen to me, what does sin and sin consciousness do to you? It pulls you away. 1 John 3, 20 and 21, it says if your heart does not condemn you, it says you have confidence before the Father. But if your heart condemns you, what? You're going to pull away. The devil wants you and I to get in sin because it messes with the confidence of your heart. If he can mess with the confidence of your heart, he can pull you out of the throne room. If he can pull you out of the throne room, he can pull you out of faith. Therefore, he can keep you from getting healed. He can, help you. He can keep you from getting delivered. He can keep you from getting your prayers answered. He can keep you from all kinds of stuff. So this sin thing and, and, and this righteous thing, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy thing. It's meat because it's a position. It's part of your new character. It's part of who God is, the righteous judge. Jesus is righteous. He wants you to know you're righteous. Amen. If we say that we don't have a sin, we make him liars. Words not in us. My little children, these things are right in you that, that you sin not. I don't want you to sin. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ. What does it say? Verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. See, this thing is all about walking in righteousness or unrighteousness. Even if you're born again, you can lean back into the old way and really be the same as being unrighteous. Even though you're not unrighteous. Someone has convinced you that you're a sinner, that you're not good enough, you're unrighteous. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I sinned. Well, confess your sin, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If any man that sins, we have even an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous one who sits on the throne pleading your case. What is he pleading your case? I need you to get back into your revelation of righteousness. He's an advocate. He's an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous. What does he need? He wants you to get back in your righteous position. And from that righteous place, I got so much more to tell you. From that righteous place, what happens? Well, Bible says the prayers of the righteous make tremendous power available dynamic in their working. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that will rule and reign in this life because we know we're because of righteousness. Um, you, you, can, you can see uh, in Romans where sin was imputed by Adam and yet Jesus came and he imputed righteousness. It's very important that you understand and walk in your righteousness. Not a false righteousness, not a fake righteousness, but a revelation of righteousness. Do I believe and confess in the word? I do. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. But when you do, ask for revelation. It's not just a saying. It's a truth that has power with it. It's a truth that has power with it. If you sin, if you, what they call it today, mess up or have a problem. You know, we don't call it sin anymore. But it's sin. If you sin, you have an advocate. Don't run away, run to. And what do you do? You confess your sin. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Because you have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And when you walk from this righteous position, you're going to be able to receive all the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.